Reish Nun. And uh, last week we started this topic of Das, of really getting to know our Das. Our Das is literally our... our there's no good word actually to translate it, but it's, it's essentially the, the way he translated das, which literally means knowledge or logic, um, is, the, is the nexus, is the connection points between our thought process and our midos. It's not just the dry knowledge that lives up in our head, so to speak, but it's the, it's the knowledge that actually permeates throughout the entirety of our being. That is the, that is the das. And, and in other words, it's the das that's uh, the effective das, I guess we would say. It's effective logic, it's effective knowledge as it plays out through our, through our being. And the way that he suggested that we start working on das is by breaking our rut zone. In other words, uh, going ahead and three times a day, and we shifted it down to two, and I think it's still a little bit difficult um, just to remember it throughout the day, but uh, basically to go ahead and to catch ourselves. We want to do one thing, and we say, no, I'm not going to do it. And we didn't talk about them, something radical, but I want to grab a drink, drink of, uh, you know, take an extra bite of something. I'm going to stop. I'm going to want to do X. I'm going to stop. Um, and doing small things like we've always tried to do in this, in, this, uh, in, this, uh, in this realm is not to do something which is dramatic, but to do something which is, which is soft, something which is, uh, which is not over the top. And in doing so, that gets us more in touch with Das. Now, the truth is, he never really explained how and why it works. He just said, this is what we're going to do. Um, but now in this next piece, in Vaj Shlishi, on page Reish Nun, he's going, to, he's going to explain how it works. So he says like this. We understand like the need to go ahead in this work that we're doing to go and do something which is opposite our will. We still don't understand, it's not clear, how this exercise brings us to Das. So so he says to, we're going to attach to this matter the words of the Chovas Halvavas, one of the earliest works of Musar, who says, The goal of the Torah is to make the Seichel, again, our intellect, the ruler, over all the desires of the soul, and to make the Seichel, the one that's stronger over our taivos, over our desires. So that's, that's a quote from the Chovas Alvavos, telling us that if you want to know the purpose of the Torah, it's to make our das, our seichel, stronger or, or more powerful than our desires. Okay? That's, that's a summary of someone to ask, like, what's the purpose of the Torah? I'm sure we can come up with a bunch of different reasons. That's his definition. But he's going to ask on this. Haim Is it really so that the purpose, the function, the, the goal of all the Torah, all the mitzvahs, kulan, all of them, lavio limelchama timidis, to bring us to a, lavienu limelchama timidis, to bring us to a regular war, neged hataivos, opposite our desires, adshin and atzeachosan, until we're able to defeat them? Certainly, we have to fight the, our will, our desires, with a very strong soul. The question is, What is the place, where is the place, for immersion in Torah, fulfillment of mitzvot within this war? Okay, so he's trying to understand, like, what does this mean when we say the entire function of, 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 um, of the Torah is in order to break our desires and our will? Well, where does, how does the Torah play a role in that? How do mitzvahs play a role in that? Where, where is, you know, let's paint a broader picture. Okay, is it really all it is that the goal is just to fight and break our taiva, or to break our will, to break our desire for things which are against the Torah? How does that relate to the mitzvahs? Where, where does, like, where, where, how does this work? 
right? He wants to like delve a little bit deeper into this idea that the entire function of the Torah is to go ahead and break our taiva, to break our will. How does this work? And, and, and he's going to try to paint a much broader picture for us and which will come back to the Chovas Lavavos and understand him in a much deeper sense. And he says, Yesh Lahamik Bazel, let's understand this much deeper. So now he's going to share with us something which is a little bit metaphysical, a little bit mystical, um, but, uh, but uh, a deep idea um, which, we'll, which we'll have to sit on a little bit. So he says like this, Bore, come and see. Bein Shemesh Yorech Vekochavim. Between the sun, the moon, and the stars, Mishtarim Shtachim, there extends these areas, Magnatiim, Hamachzikim Zezeh, Umashpim Zezeh. These magnetic fields, magnetic spaces, which are very strong, which act upon one another, right? In, 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 in the universe, there are magnetic fields, right? There, there are things which are basically pulling and drawing on one another. That, that's what's taking place in space, or even including, including planet Earth. Kol kochev hachoder lemashal, l'shetach hamagnati, hamagnati, I don't know how to pronounce it in Hebrew, the magnet, shal hashemesh, any star which enters the magnetic field of the sun, nimshach el hashemesh, gets drawn towards the sun, v'note b'midas ma mimaslulo haragil, and it shifts its regular path um, towards the sun. In other words, everything, right, the, uh, every star, everything which is within the, within the range of the sun, which is drawing upon all the other, all, many other bodies, it's going to change the way that it turns by being in the realm, by being closer to the sun itself. Okay? That's straightforward. In this, in this image, in this picture, we have to understand. He says, in the spiritual realm, there are also these magnetic forces which pull upon different things. Shetach magneti, there is a magnetic space. Chazak, a very strong one. Makif is a yetzahara, which surrounds the evil inclination. Midos v'kochos aguf, and, and pulls within it different characteristics and different faculties of the body. Gam l'neshama, l'seichel, yesh meshicha kizos, and the soul and the intellect, which is oftentimes associated with the soul, also has a certain pull like this. It's not as strong as the force of the Yitzhahara. Okay, so in other words, we normally think of, you know, this force of, of good, force of evil, which acts upon us. Now he's asking us to visualize it or conceptualize it a little bit differently. Not just that they act upon us, but they actually are in some ways like almost passively pulling different things to them. In other words, there is, when we think of the Yetzir Haran, Yetzir Tov, which, again, that's how we conceptualize good and evil within us. There are different forces, but those forces are always pulling things towards them. Okay? So, Anu Margishim Zos Hetev. We feel this. Karatzon Hanoveam Ezamida Otava. Any will that comes forth from any characteristic that we have or any will that we have, Doresh Es Shaloh, Bitkifas Kizos, it pulls, it asks, it demands what is his. To the point that we feel like we have to do so. Okay, let's just use something benign. I'm very hungry, right? I feel like I have to eat. I have to eat, right? It's something which is acting upon me, right? So I feel like I have to. What is that? So we could think of that, that, and we could start thinking that way. We could see that almost like there's this draw, there's this pull. Again, it's like that magnetic field which is pulling on us, demanding us to fulfill it. It, it, pulls, with, it pulls within us. Ulam, however, tkifos zos murgeshes, this intensity is felt. It's only felt, felt while we are in that magnetic field. When we are distant from this magnetic field, okay, then the magnetic pull, so to speak, doesn't act anymore. 
With this, we can understand the depth of what it means to go against our will. As long as these wills are acting, are ruling over us, that means that we are found within the magnetic field of theirs. And they pull on us in a strong way. So when we start, as we're doing now, exercising our ability to do things against that will, what that means, conceptually, is that we are leaving that range. We are no longer in the range of the Yitzhahara, we are now in the range of something else. When we leave that field, where do we go? There's only two places in our, in our psyche. There is the realm of the Yitzhahara, and there's the realm of the Yitzhah HaTov. And when we no longer feel ourselves being pulled by the Yitzhah Hara, that means that by definition, we are in the Shatach, the, the space of holiness. Okay? Haneshama um, ve'asechel, again, the soul and the intellect. Allah Nemar, regarding this, the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim says, Mashcheni acharecha narutza, nagil v'nismechavach, etc., etc., which means uh, the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, the beginning of Shir Hashirim, where the beloved says, you know, pull me after you. Uh, you know, mashcheni, like, pull me, acharecha narutza, I want to run after you. Nagil v'nismechach, and I'll find incredible joy within you. And it goes on to say, Nazkir dudecha miyayin, I remember your love of greater than wine, meisher ma'avucha, like new wine, I love you. In other words, it's, it brings us to a realm, which he's now going to explain, which is full of passion full of Kedusha and a, kedusha, a passion for holiness. And he's going to explain what this means. Okay, so again, let's just, again, this is a little bit more uh, esoteric than some of the earlier pieces. But what he's trying to ask us to do is to rethink the way we imagine, you know, the Yetzir Haran, Yetzir Tov, that they are each forces that are pulling upon us. And as long as we're within the force of evil, we cannot be in the Shatzach, in the space of holiness. And he's going to explain the profound difference that exists within the, prof- in the space of being pulled towards holiness, which he's now going to unpack. Okay, so let's, let's keep on holding on to this. As, you know, let's, let's let this sit with us a little bit. You have a, yeah. Yeah, but, the, but he's supposing then that this is external to us, which is sort of contrary. What do you mean external? Like, that it's too, like I'm a particle being acted upon by two magnetic forces, one of which can apparently collapse, but we just said that that's what sort of creates a projection of reality in the first place. So... Not, well, it's, it's us and it's not us. If you want to get like, uh, you know, now I'm not getting a Freudian for a second, but there is like three parts to us, right? There's, right? And there's the Yetzir Harad, Yetzir Tov. Forget, forget him for a second. When we say there's Yetzir Harad, Yetzir Tov, so we normally think those, are the, but they're acting on something else, right? It's not just that they're the ones that are acting. There's the me and there's the Yetzir Harad, Yetzir Tov, which is acting upon the me, whoever the me is. So independent of him, I think that, that would be a conceptualization which is going to be you know, however we line it up with whatever psychological, whatever, however you want to line it up, but, but there's a sense of the it's a good forces and bad forces and they're acting on a third party. From other, from other, from other people, but it's also, I can be a collective of that as well. But. Yeah, right. I, I'm, 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 I'm the one in the middle, so to speak, and they're, and they're, you know, doing this, this, uh, you know, this tug of war, so to speak. The little angel on the shoulder. The la- yeah, yeah. It's a little angel, but now they're no longer angels. They're both holding one of those, uh, one of those like intense magnets, and they're basically, uh, and I'm like stuck in between. That, that's the, that's what he's asking us to think about it. Okay, and we'll see why that's so significant. In other words, until now, when we think of the angel, let's just let's, let's, let's do that for a second. We think of those angels on, on the shoulders. Then you know they're talking to us. So one day I do this, one day I do that. That's a very you know, and, and that's the way I think we. I don't know. I don't know if how much we think about those angels on the shoulder, but that's what we think. We do good. We do bad. Whatever. Yeah, yes, that. Whatever. I, I'm about to dive in. Maybe I'm going to say hour later. I'm fine. 
So you, maybe yes. But he's saying there's a sense of existing within a different realm, right? That, that's that's what he's asking. I think that's where he's shifting the 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 metaphors that we usually use. Again, the angels are metaphors, but 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 the point is he's shifting the metaphor, saying that there is a sense of living in one space. You know, the Balhatanya, the author of the Tanya, talks about uh, the first of Rebbe talks about the Yitzharani Yitzhotovla is almost like a battle within our body. And there's this sense of like, there's this, uh, you know, sometimes the Yitzhah Hara is, is, is overcoming parts of it. And then the Yitzhah Tov is fighting back. Think about it like trench warfare where there's this intense battle. But again, it's more than just sometimes yes, sometimes no. There's a sense of my, my, my whole being being swept up within a certain realm. And that's more along the lines of what he's asking us to do. It's not just... It's not because it's deeper than just um, today I'm listening to this, today I'm listening to that. We know that I find myself in certain patterns. I'm living in a different way of life, right? And what he's going to suggest in a second is, is one way of the litmus test to, to knowing that I'm living within each realm. But that's, I think that's the, the step he's asking. It's not just listening to this, listening to that. It's like I'm living in a certain space as opposed to living in a different space. Let's see what he means like this. writes about this in the first chapter of Namsino Lamedim. Okay, so Mesil Shem, Moshe Chaim Lutzato's famous work on ethics. He writes in the first chapter, it comes out, he says, the main goal, the main existence of a person in this world, the goal is to fulfill mitzvos and to overcome challenges. Vanasa Olam and the pleasures of the world in Rawish Yellow, the pleasures of the world are only appropriate, El Lazar Belvad, to assist a person. Again, we don't run away from pleasures, but they are a means to an end. They help us, they support us. Vamnam, however, Rawilo, Shatia Kopni Yaso Boris a person's entire focus should only be for the Creator. Vishalo Yellow Shum Tachlis Acher Bechol Masa Shiyasa Im Katan Vem Gadal and uh and uh, there, should no, there should be no other goal um, in any deed that's done, whether it's small or big. Only to come close to God. And to break all the, all the walls that stand between us and our Creator. What are those walls? Those are all the material things in the world. And things that are connected to them. Okay, those last words, the key words. He says the goal is to overcome the challenges, to break free, to break, overcome the material things until we come to a point that we are drawn after God like a piece of metal to a, to a magnetic, uh, to a magnetic uh, piece. So it's a magnet, exactly. In other words, the goal is, and this is the, the key line which we're now going to focus on, is this, I mean, which is, we started to describe, but now he's describing the positive magnet. The goal is to break free, to overcome the negative, to break free from the physical until we come to a point where we're drawn after God like a magnet as well. Okay, now he's going to unpack that. When this drawing upon starts to act upon a person, when this positive magnet starts to work upon a person, once this magnet of positivity, this magnet of holiness starts to act upon us, we no longer have to serve God with uh, iron uh, chains. In other words, sometimes we feel like, okay, I'm coming to chakras in the morning, I'm coming, I'm doing X, I'm doing Y. I feel like, okay, I'm doing it, but I'm like essentially schlepping myself. I'm essentially chaining myself because I know it's the right thing. I'm going to do it, but I'm pushing myself, I'm pulling myself. But he says, but when we come to this point that the Messiah Sutram is describing, we don't need to be pulling ourselves. The person starts to have a yearning for it. Because when a person leaves the orbit of the Yetzirah and overcomes that orbit, then a person starts to feel 
the taste of Avodas Hashem, the positive, beautiful, refreshing taste of Avodas Hashem. Mishi Yeshbo Torah, Yeshbo, now he's going to quote a number of sources, Midrashic and otherwise, that describe the sense of a taste for spirituality. Mishi Yeshbo Torah, Yeshbo Tam, a person who has Torah has a taste. Okay, another quote, that's from Vayikra Rabbah, now a quote from the Medrash Mishle. Tama Kitov Sachra, right? A pasuk we say in Eish Um, What does it mean, Tama Kitov Sachra? It's referring to some woman that tasted something and her wares are good. Zuchana, there's a reference to Chana, Shatama Tam Tfila, who tasted the true taste of Tfila. Okay, now a pasuk in, uh, now another uh, uh, statement from the Yalkut. Toameha Chaim Zachru, those who tasted it, they, they merited life. Nemar al Shabbos b'tzfilas Musaf. There's a reference to we say this in the davening. Um, that, sorry, this is from the davening. Excuse me. Oh, that we say in in, in Musaf we say to Chaim Zachu. Again, there's a sense of tasting it. Tamuru kitov Hashem. Pasuk uh, right. Taste it, and you'll see that God is good. Amra Kadosh Baruch This is from the Yalkut. God said, "Hamikayim kol mitzvah shenasatid chabatorah." Fulfill the mitzvos that I gave you in the Torah. Im ach achalt min peres aretz. Um, if you ate from the fruit of the land, or ilan of the from the trees, having varachaleim make a bracha. Vim achal adam averach umamlech leboram. And if you eat and you make a bracha, you uh, make God into the king. Have have tam have tamur uki tov Hashem. This idea of taste, and you'll see that God is good. And so the reason he quoted all these different midrashim about brachos, about Shabbos, about tefillah, about Torah, is to teach us that in every realm of Avodos Hashem, Yishtam Yuchad, there's a unique taste, there's a flavor, there's something, and a taste means there's something which is enjoyable, something which, we, which, which, which is awesome in it. Torah, tefillah, Shabbos, brachos, vazocha litom tamkazeh, and a person who merits tasting this, who nimshach achrei avodah, that draws upon us, right? In other words, when I taste the delicious taste of X, Y, Z, I want more of it, right? So when we get to the realm of tasting the, the joy, tasting the pleasure, tasting what it is in our Vodas Hashem, then it draws upon us. Yesh lanu ledas zos. We should know this. And to yearn for this. That we should get the appreciation of tasting a certain mitzvah. Because when we taste it, we should know. That we've broken free from the realm, the magnetic realm of the Yetzar to some extent. And now we are in the realm of the drawing upon of holiness. Okay, so let's unpack what he's been trying to explain to us. What he's telling us is like this. What is the, what is the, how do we know? You know, what is the, what is the idea? Okay, there's this magnet over here, the magnet over here. What's it all about? What it's all about is the fact that we can live in one of two realms, in the realm of the Yetzar Hara or in the realm of the Yetzar Hatov or the realm of Kedusha. How, what is the litmus test to know which one we're in? Is that when we're in the realm of Ra, then oftentimes, then, then we're being drawn towards Ra. And therefore, when we need to do something good, it's a, it's, it's a battle. It's an incredible battle because we're not inclined to do it because it's hard. It's hard because what we're really drawn towards, what's enjoyable to us, is Ra, is the things which are material, which things which are against, you know, spirituality. But there are times, and I hope we've all experienced this in our lives, where we feel a certain pleasure, a certain joy, whether it's in tefillah, whether it's in Torah, whether it's in this mitzvah, that mitzvah, and there's this incredible joy. What that is a sign of is, at least to some extent, we've, drawn, we've broken free from that orbit, and now we're in a different orbit. And that is the litmus test, and that is something which is incredibly, you know, that is, first of all, there's in, in, intrinsically, self-servingly, to some extent, there's a joy. There's a joy when we find ourselves like, I want to go daven now. I want to go learn now. I want to go do this mitzvah. There's a sense of, it, it's awesome. It's enjoyable. That's the time. That's the flavor that we're talking about. And that flavor is indicative of the fact that now we are being drawn towards it, right? When we're, when we're, we enjoy what we're drawn towards, okay? So if we find ourselves being drawn towards tefillah, that means that we've broken free 
from the realm where, you know, that we are more in shackles about tefillah, more in the realm of Ra. And that's what we're trying to do, right? And let, 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 let's go a little bit further, again, then we'll, we'll pull this together a little bit more. He says, to, to work on this explicitly, to focus on the taste, you can't do that. You know, it's not enough to build up, and it's such a profound idea. We think like, I'm not enjoying, you know, fill in the blank. You know, I, I don't enjoy coming to shul. I don't enjoy learning. I don't enjoy this. So someone says, okay, so work on enjoying it. He says, no, you can't do that because it's not the point. It's not, it's not that tefillah is not enjoyable. It's that you're in a space where tefillah can't be enjoyable. You're being drawn towards something on a deeper level, which is preventing you from enjoying tefillah. He said, the very least, he says, there's great value if we understand this. And we, again, we, we get it. And just simply the yearning, the yearning for the taste in spiritual matters, that in of itself, conceptualizing where we are and what we're trying to get to, that is valuable in itself because it gives us a certain understanding, a certain perspective. We have to also know um, we have to also know that if we are successful to go against our wills with these small things for a long time, should we be concerned that the Yetzer Hara is going to now overcome us very intensely and all of our efforts are going to be meaningless? Maybe we've drawn ourselves, drawn ourselves, drawn ourselves, and one day the Yetzer Hara is going to come and knock us all the way back. So then he quotes uh, Rav Yerucham Levavitz, who we started this whole topic with. Uh, he quotes him again. He says, Soda Ava. We have time? Okay, let's try to get through this quickly. He says, the, the root of love, He says, you have to understand that love, the, the, the joy that we have between the soul and the body is only when we continuously try to break the Yetzer Hara. A person thinks, A person we think, okay, let's just feed our, our, our will a little bit and it'll become our friends. I think about this if you've died it ever, you know, like, okay, I'll just eat a little bit more. It's going to make it easier for me. It's usually the opposite, right? Butos Gemura, it's a mistake. Kisod ava sayetzel adam, hu davka shviraso, the love that, uh, you know, that we want to feel, the, the lack of tension. We feel so much tension, so we think the way to break the tension is by giving in. It's really the opposite. V'yachol kal echad v'echad lachuzos ba'atzmo, and a person could feel this, afilu b'shvira sayetzer hachikala, even by breaking the yetzer, even in a very small way. When a person listens to the Yetzer, we build upon ourselves a great enemy. The greatest hater that we have in this world is the Yetzer Hara. Okay? The more we fill it, that basically the more we hate it, he, he develops and doubles up the hatred. The Gemara in Sukkah says, The Gemara says about the Yitzhara, the more you starve it, it gets satisfied. The more you satisfy it, the hungrier it gets. Okay, that's the Gemara's uh, beautiful framing in Sukkah. Okay, etc. Another quote in Kohelas Rabbi: A person doesn't die, and uh, when a person dies, he doesn't even fulfill half of his desires. Okay, um, If you have one, you want two. And the opposite. Specifically, when we don't fulfill the desires of the Yetzer, that's when the Yetzer becomes our friend. 
Okay, so bottom line is what is, it's, it's a parenthetical point that he's telling us that don't think that by breaking this tension, um, you know, that by, by, by starving it, by making it, by not fulfilling the wills, that it's going to be easier, uh, that's going to be harder on the contrary. That's what makes it easier. The more we, uh, the, the, way we, the way we lessen the tension is by pushing against it. We actually get more tension by feeding it. Okay, and I think you know, our experiences probably uh, explain this, this. So again, let's go back to the main point that he's trying to make. He's asking, the, the goal over here is to become more connected to our das. Our das is our thought process. And the idea is not just understanding it, but the idea is allowing the das to permeate throughout our entire being. Okay, why? Why is that important? Why it's important is because the more we do so, the more, and, and the, sorry, and, and that's important intrinsically, but the way he's suggesting we do so is by breaking our ritzonos. By, throughout the day, he's suggesting three, we said two, we're going to do two, is that two times a day, we want something that we maybe shouldn't have. Again, not a sin, uh, you know, we'll focus on something small, something benign. And I say no. So what that does is it t- basically takes me out of the realm of that magnetic field slightly, Right, because I'm being drawn towards it, but when I say no, I'm, I'm not being drawn to it to the same extent. The goal is ultimately not to be like over here. The goal is to be in the other realm because when we're in that realm, that means that we have done a good job in allowing our das, what we really want to be permeating through our body and the way we'll be able to taste that is when we taste it, when we see, when we get drawn after the good, when we get drawn, when there's an enjoyable element to the mitzvos. But the way to get there is by the small moving away that we're drawn to it, small, slowly, slowly, slowly moving away from it by breaking our ritzonos. That is the basic goal. That's the basic idea. And that's the conceptualization behind it is that by saying no, by moving away from it, we're able to now get a little bit closer to the place where we want to be, where we are drawn after Kedusha. We're able to taste it. And, and at the very least, understanding this is able to put us on that path. Does that make sense? Yeah. So conceptually, first of all, he's very much at, at odds with like Rob Dessler's idea. Um, could be, could be. I mean, because because Rob Dessler's idea is basically is that is that you know you conquer this. Mm-hmm. Now there's that. Right. It's not you know there's not it's you know, right. you're not going to have. Right. That same, that same kind correct, of correct. It goes it seemingly goes against that piece. I, I'm, I'm not sure if they would, you know, maybe there's depth, you know, maybe there's another realm. Uh, maybe. Yes, it's different than that piece. It, it, what it, it, it's the thing that I always liked about Rob Dessler is that it all is, is in that in that regard is that it all is that it's it struck me always as because there always are struggles. It's kind of like what he's kind of saying here seems to me to be like, like you know, if you just get past the hump, then you can coast. I, I, I'm not. Contradictory. Uh, I, sorry. It's not. It's like you're you're strengthening your spiritual muscles. The the, the more you go away from the bad, your spiritual muscles get stronger and stronger. They don't get. Right. You, know, you don't become like you know right. a bodybuilder overnight. It's like. Right. You know, but you also don't. But you also don't become a bodybuilder by using by by using the same weight all the time. In other words, well, if, it's, it's, yeah, it has to be. It has to be a struggle. Meaning, if if we're not. Well, it's Right, right, exactly. In other words, if we're going to find ourselves doing things which are not against our will at all, like if it's easy for me to just say no to that, then I'm not, it's not against my rutsum. The point is that it, the, I find myself being drawn after something. I have to pull against. I, th- I think where I think where Rav Dessler, again, at least, and again, I'm not sure if they fundamentally disagree, but at least in terms of that famous piece of the, of the line of scrimmage, which talks about moving, um, where, they, where they differ, is he says, like, the goal of the fight is really 
about that particular struggle. And Rav Dessler is saying, and, and Rav, Rav Volby over here is saying that that it's 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 much broader. It's not about the particular thing that we're we're dealing with right now, but there's this much broader sense of like all of our, you know, it's it's that we're in one of two fields almost. Like that that's the way he's asking I, us the I, concept. I get, I get the image. It, like I said, it's it's just very different than anything that you know. I, I mean, I, I I have you know I, I had. Okay, well, I guess we should stop because we're probably our It's filling. Okay, okay, so we'll we'll continue. We'll try to keep that chat alive. Okay.